0: time, um, uh, just talking about Jesus. Come on, that's kind of, it's, it's cliche, I know, but I, I got to get it out the way, right? Jesus is the reason for this season. <laughs> there, now that we said it, we can move on. Right? <laughs> uh, it is true, though. I mean, come on, this, this, this whole season, uh, one of the key components, especially as Christians, is we celebrate the birth of Jesus. And uh, how many of you know, without Jesus, uh, our lives would be a lot different. Come on, this world would be a lot different and not for the good but for the bad, and so today, I wanna to talk to you a little bit about, uh, about Jesus, and I'm, I'm not gonna talk about the story of the manger and, and all of that, I believe that everybody here pretty much kinda of has an idea what that is, okay? So, so I wanna to talk to you about another aspect of it, and it's the importance of the fact that Jesus even came, that he even came, and again, we're in the Christmas season, and, and during the Christmas season, it brings with it school musical programs, am I right? How many of you in this room have been to some sort of school musical program for a child or a friend? No, raise it high. Proud. That's what I'm talking about. Many of you. And the rest of you, it's coming. Because, you know, either you don't have a kid or you don't know anybody with a kid. Because it's coming. It's going to happen. And uh, here's the thing about school musicals. <clears throat> can we be honest today? They're really not that good. Okay? Can we just Can we just put it out there? They're really not... I mean, they're not awesome. Okay, they're they're decent. Some of them are are good. They're, it's on a different spectrum. It's not awesome, but it's okay. But most of most of the programs that we're at, there, it's. But guess what makes it? Guess what makes it awesome? It's your kid. It's your kid, or it's your friend's kid, and guess what? Everything that they do is hilarious and awesome, and you're just like, oh my gosh, they're so cute, you know. We were at Ariana, I got a six, almost six-year-old, and uh, this was her first year. She's in kindergarten, and, and uh, it was her, her first musical, and she was, she was Mary in the play. Um, and so what that meant is she walked out with some sort of get-up-on and holding a baby doll and stood there, and then walked off. And we were, like, videoing. We were, like, she's, she's doing great. Look at her. She's standing. See, I mean... Because it's your kid, and everything your kid does is awesome, even though it might not be. It's still, it's still awesome, and uh, that's where we were at. We were just excited, and I mean, there was a kid that fell down, and I mean, standing there, just a choir, and all of a sudden the kid, like the other kid, like bumped him, and he was like, ah! It fell on the ground like somebody shot him in the arm or something, you know. And we're like, it's so, it's so wonderful because it's our kid. That's what makes the school musical so important and special and awesome to where whenever you leave, you're like, that was worth it. We were outside, and it was like 42 degrees and drizzling. <laughs> If it wasn't for my child, it would not have been worth it. Right, I'm just going to be honest with you. It was freezing out there, but we made it work. We made it happen. And uh, can, I, can I be real with you? I think the Christmas season and the birth of Jesus is sort of the same thing. In regards to the fact that a lot of people, it's, it's the birth of Jesus and it's Christmas or whatever. But they don't realize the significance of why Jesus came and what he accomplished. Because if you know the why, then it makes the birth and the coming of Jesus significant and actually matter without the significance of knowing why Jesus came the whole Christmas thing the whole manger scene is just sort of a you know it's sort of cute and and just a story versus it literally being the thing that saves you the thing that gives you hope in this life and so today I hope to bring a little bit more perspective on on who Jesus was and why he came and what he accomplished and then why we need him y'all with me So I want to start off with Luke chapter two, verse eight. It says, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them and they were terrified. How many of you, you ever ever think, oh, I just can't wait till the day that I see Jesus. I just can't wait till if an angel appeared. I think that we would be a whole lot more freaked out than we think we would. They see angels and they didn't run towards them. They were terrified. They were freaking out. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. Like, chill out. It's okay. Don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. This is good news, even though you're freaked out and i bring it to you, I'm kind of scary, my bad. You know, it is good news and it's gonna bring great joy. Whenever people realize the significance of what I'm about to tell you, it's gonna bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, the, the one that we've been talking about for hundreds and thousands of years, the Messiah, the Savior, he's been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Now, for it to be great joy to people, don't you think that you need to understand what, what it is, what the significance of it is? And I think in our culture, we don't realize the significance of what was coming. We don't realize the significance of who the Messiah was, especially to these people in this day and age. They had been waiting forever. They had been hearing these stories forever, and I believe that some of them kind of just said, well, maybe that's not going to happen. Maybe it's not gonna, maybe the Messiah, the, the, all these prophecies, all these things that we've heard just aren't gonna come true. That's why it's so significant. So these shepherds, these people that heard the Messiah, the Savior is here, that actually meant something to them. It wasn't just like another person was born. They were like, are you serious? Like the Messiah, the Savior, the one? Yes, the angel like, that's who I'm talking about. That's why this is a big deal. And so today, that's what I hope that we get is this is why this is a big deal. This is who this is. This is why we should have great joy because of this news. And so the first question is, why was it so significant? The first thing we need to answer is, well, who was Jesus? Who was Jesus? Well, number one, and this is all based off of the intro today, the spoken word. He was the fulfillment of dozens of prophecies. It's so significant to realize how many prophecies and and, and mentions and metaphors that Jesus fulfilled whenever he showed up on the scene. I wanna give you a few of them. Uh, One prophecy said the Messiah would be from the lineage of King David, and he was. The the Messiah would be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver, and he was. The Messiah would have his hands and feet pierced. He was, he had them pierced. People would cast lots for the Messiah's clothing, and they did. The Messiah would appear riding on a donkey, and he did. A messenger would be sent to herald the Messiah. That's exactly what happened. This is just a few of them. Now, many of you have probably heard of the probability that Jesus or one person could fulfill all of these prophecies. And it is significant to talk about. And one of the illustrations that people try to use to illustrate it, I mean, sometimes whenever you just say numbers, it doesn't really mean that much. But whenever you can visualize it, it means a lot more. And one of them, they say, if you were to take half dollars and, 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 and spread them out over the entire face of the earth, and mark like one of them and then send somebody to earth, the whole planet, blindfolded, that that's the odds that somebody would fulfill all of those prophecies. That's like, I, I don't even really understand that. All right. The point is, is that it's highly improbable and basically impossible for somebody to plan this, to do all of these things. And for all of you, all of you number of people, you're like, so you're saying there's a chance though, right? It's just no, I'm not. It doesn't play into the illustration very well. (laughs) Anyway, it's impossible. Jesus did something that nobody else could do. He was the fulfillment of these prophecies. We said these prophecies were all told by God's command, written by human hands of the coming king, the fulfillment of God's law and the fulfillment of God's promises. It was significant who Jesus was. Who was he? He was fully God and fully man. And this is another point where our minds kind of, huh? He was fully God and he was fully man at the same time. John ten thirty. he says, the father and I are one. Well, one person, one person. We said divinity and humanity collide on this broken stage. I think that's an awesome word picture right there. Divinity and humanity collided on this broken stage, this world. Matthew 1, 22 through 23 says this. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God is with us. Another significant point about the birth of Jesus. It was God coming to us to be with us. Nope. Nope. Didn't, didn't translate there. You're like, yeah, going to the next point. Okay, God created everything that we see. He created us, yet he chose to submit himself and put himself in his creation and come to us, God with us. Whenever we talk about God being with us, this is what Jesus represented, him coming to us. He was fully God and he was fully man at the same time. Who was Jesus? He was God's pride and joy. This is an aspect of Jesus that a lot of us don't, I don't believe that we really understand or, or pursue is not only was the fact that, that Jesus was God's son, but that God was his father. Understanding the father's heart has been uh, something that I've been experiencing over the last six years. With my, I got a little girl, right? And she's six years old. And see, before I had a child, I knew the father's love, okay, the father's heart as the recipient of it. I've I've had a great father and he loved me properly. And so I I was on the receiving end of that. And so I understood a father's love where a lot of other people didn't. But whenever I had a child and as she has grown, the father's heart, the father's love has become something completely different for me. It means something completely different. So whenever I speak about unconditional love, it actually, like, I know what that really means now from a father's perspective. And if you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, your kid could do everything wrong, but you still love them. you with me? I hope. I didn't get a lot of support on that one. <laughs> Speak for yourself. It's like, whoa. <laughs> I was expecting a little bit more of like, maybe a tear, like, yes, my kid, I love them sincerely and unconditionally. Uh, not so much. They annoy me at times, you know? There's this unconditional love that you have for him. And this is who Jesus was to God. He was God's pride and joy. God's pride and joy. John 3, 16, we know the scripture. God so loved the world. He loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him would live and not die. So much God loved us. He knew us from before time. And he loved us so much to send his only son to die for us. Romans 5.8 says this in the message, but God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death. Check this out. Well, we were, we were of no use whatever to him. I wouldn't give up my baby girl for any of you in this room. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I like you. I love you, right? Sort of, maybe. I don't know you. But I definitely don't know you well enough to give, give my child for you. Mm-mm. But God sacrificially gave his son for us. That's right, God loved his son as much as you love your son and your daughter. That's how much God loved and God still gave. He loves us. You were worth Jesus to God. I think some of you need to realize that today, that you have value. I think a lot of us, we don't realize the value that we have in the kingdom of God. We think that it's just like we could show up or not. We could be involved or not. But God's for you. He's with you. He wants to know you. The next thing, who is Jesus? He was the savior of the world who came for you and for me. He came for us. He came, I love how he said it. He came to extend the hands of heaven to the hands that nailed him to that tree. Come on. As to overcome a divide too large to bridge with our own devices. Can I go ahead and just skip to the end of the message real quick and come back? There's nothing that you can do to earn the love of God. It's freely given. Sacrificially, it's there for you because that's who God is. He is love and he loves you. And because of this love, that's what becomes a beacon of hope for all mankind. I was talking to the, uh, to the, to the creative team before we came out, the worship and the production team. And I said, you know, I, I don't understand how, how you can go through life just getting up to live for that day and that's it not having a relationship with God, not having a hope for eternity. Because if not, at the end of this life, like that's it. That's it. That is hopeless, it's meaningless. There's no purpose in it. God knew this and he said, I've got to bring hope to all mankind. All mankind is significant by the way, because if you're not a Jew, if you're a Gentile like like me, you had no hope. Jesus came and he bridged the gap that we could not bridge. And it doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how, how you act. None of that matters. That's not what justifies you before God. Only Jesus could do that. And that's what he did. Number two, what did Jesus accomplish? All right, that's some, some points about who he is and what, what, what he was in that time. But what did he accomplish? What did he actually do? Well, point number one is he came, to, he came down to seek and save the lost. He came to seek and save the lost. You'll see that in Luke nineteen ten. For the son of man... He came to seek and save those, which is us, all right, who were, and some are, lost. The Bible talks about Jesus, or he would give parables at times, and he would speak about how, uh, you know, maybe a shepherd would have 100 sheep, and one sheep was lost. And he said, wouldn't that shepherd leave the 99 who were doing good to go and find the one? Right, y'all remember that? You remember that parable? Okay, it's just illustrations like that, where God was trying to communicate to us how much he cares. He's like, hey, look, if I've got 99, like, it's not okay just for those 99 to be good. Like, I came to seek and save every single person who was lost. I came to save them, to give them a hope and a future. The next thing is that he came to destroy the works of the enemy. How many of you know that that God does works, but the enemy does works as well? The enemy's works, his whole point is to kill steal, and destroy everything that you got and everything that you are. It's the world we live in. You look around and you see the works of the enemy everywhere. Abuse, neglect, rejection, violence. It's all over the place. And and that's the works of the enemy. Jesus came to destroy those works and reset some things. It's very significant that we understand that. We no longer live under that curse. The last thing that he did was he took on himself our penalty. How many of you know that the wages of sin is death? That's what the Bible says. The wages of sin, the cost of sin is death, physical and spiritual death. Jesus came and he lived perfect. I haven't lived perfect. I don't know the last time, all right? Well, I've never lived perfect. I meant what I meant there was like a day, okay? You're like, wow. You're not the Messiah. No, I'm not. <laughs> None of us in this room have lived in perfection, but Jesus did it. And the point of that was, if you go back to the Old Testament, you realize the significance of a perfect lamb. See, it had to be a perfect sacrifice to die and to take on the penalty of sin. Jesus was that sacrifice. He took on the penalty of your sin. And I don't mean sins the things that you do, okay, you lie, you, you, you get mad. I'm not talking about that. There is a sin problem, a sin nature that all of us are born into. And some of us don't realize this. This is why we get our, our theology gets all messed up, all right? We're born into this issue. We're born into the situation. It's not what you've done that has caused you to all of a sudden be separate from God naturally, okay? It's just, you're born into the situation, Jesus came to reset that to give us a pathway back to right standing with God. The third point is this, third question. Why do we need him? Like why do why do you need Jesus? Why do I need Jesus? And this is really the only point in this section. The really only, only answer is is we're broken. Is we're broken. And not in the good sense. Come on, church people, you know, we're broken. Yes, I want to be broken. No, I I mean broken in the bad sense. This whole world system is broken. A lot of people have problems reconciling what happens on this earth because they're trying to reconcile it through the lens of heaven, and we're not there. We are in a broken place, a broken world, broken by sin. It will be restored one day. But meanwhile, here we are. We're broken and the only cure to that brokenness is Jesus. Isaiah 53, five. He was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. And he was whipped so we could be healed. We said it this way earlier. God's perfection came to be pierced for our transgression. Jesus came for you. The whole point of Jesus coming, the whole purpose was the cross. Like that was it. That's why he came. And he submitted himself to a creation that rejected him because his eyes were set on eternity. One of the most significant parts of the Bible to me personally is the moment that Jesus submitted his will to God for the final time before he went to the cross in the garden of the Garden of Gethsemane. He was there and he was praying. And he said, God, not my will, but yours be done. And he, I, I think up until to that point, it was kind of like a given, like obviously Jesus was already there. Like he had already decided that. But I think there was like that one last moment that he was just like, God, if there's another way. And I don't think he heard anything from God. And he said, not my will, but yours be done." And he went to the cross. And I know that, that today is Christmas, and so we're talking about the birth of Jesus, but, but the birth of Jesus was significant all the way because of his death. And not only that, but because of his resurrection. You see, this, this whole thing, every step matters. It's not one without the other. One without the other is useless. When you put them all together, you got redemption, guys. And that's what we're celebrating today. This message, this is the good news that the angel was talking about, by the way. Like this, he's like, do you see it? <laughs> like, do you get it? He's talking to the shepherds, like the Messiah, the one that's gonna do all of this, he's here. And, and I'm wondering here today, like, like, do you understand the significance of why Jesus came? Like without everything that was just spoken, with we just kind of skipped some rocks over the whole story today. But do you understand the significance? Today, even though it is fun, hey, look, I'm all about holidays. I'm all about having fun. Presents, come on, many of us are gonna leave here today and go gorge ourselves, okay? We're gonna go eat till we're sick. Yeah, open presents for the next three, four, five, whatever days. It's good, it's have fun, enjoy the time. But at the same point, don't be distracted by it. Don't be distracted by it. Jesus came for you, he came for me because he loves you and he loves me. And all that's needed to receive this gift of salvation, all right, because some of you, I believe, you're like, okay, that sounds great. How do I activate this? Like, how, do I, how does this work? And this point right here, I think some people think it's too simple. I was on the phone recently with somebody and they said this, they said, sometimes the whole gospel thing, the whole good news, the whole Jesus Story, it just sounds a little too good to be true. And he was, he was very sincere. And I was like, I know, man, isn't it awesome? <laughs> isn't it great? You know why? Because we like complicated. We like complicated. We like complicated. We, I think sometimes it's because we want to look back and say, look what I did. But this thing of salvation, this, this whole free gift of salvation is nothing that you did. Being justified before God is nothing that you can do on your own, it's impossible. And all you need is faith. That's it, faith in God. Listen to this, Hebrews eleven six in the message says, it's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe that both he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. He cares enough to respond to those who seek him. All you have to do is believe in Jesus, believe that he exists, and believe that he loves you and cares for you. And something inside of you changes. Your perspective in life changes whenever you receive Jesus. I know it just sounds, it sounds so easy, right? It's good news. It's good news. Let's not complicate it. Jesus came to this earth to live a perfect life, die a terrible death, in order to bridge a gap that you could not bridge. That is the good news. And that's the message that I wanted to bring to you today. That is why it's so significant that Jesus was born. Come on, can we bow our heads and close our eyes? I believe all over this room today, there's many of you who you you believe in God, you have this belief system, but it's not real in your life. It's not real in your life. It's, it's something that is more of a religious thing. It's a check, check things off, the, check the boxes, you know? And, and today, maybe never, you've never heard it put like this. Like this is why Jesus matters. This is why his, his coming, his death, his burial, his resurrection, why all of those things matter so much. One of the things that sin destroyed was the, the closeness between us and God, destroyed it, but Jesus came to restore it. So today I wanna give each and every one of you an opportunity to respond to this good news, to receive Jesus into your life, to accept him as Lord and savior, all it takes is faith. So if you're in this place, you don't know God, you've never really received this message, you never received this gift of salvation, but today you wanna make a choice to follow God, to give him your life, I'm not gonna bring you up to the front or embarrass you in any way, shape, or form, but I'm gonna ask you to do one thing. I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand here in a moment. If you're here, you're far from God, but today you wanna to say yes to Jesus. Right now, all over this room, would you raise your hand? Come on, lift it up high. I see it, yes, yes, yep. Right in the middle, yep, right in the back. Come on, all over the place. Who else? You need Jesus. I see you right here, man. God's grace is sufficient for you. His love is unconditional. He wants to know you. Anybody else, if you feel a tug of war in your heart, come on, it's just a a struggle. That's just the Holy Spirit saying, you need to make this decision. Anybody else, come on, it's time to give it up today. Come on, I see you, man. So what we're gonna do, we're gonna pray. I don't want you to repeat after me. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer, but I want you to pray to your God and ask him to enter your life and change you from the inside out. The Bible says that, that he wants to replace a stony heart with a heart of flesh, a heart that responds to him. And that's what God's gonna do in your life right now. Come on, let's pray. Father, we love you. God, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your forgiveness. And come on, right now, I humble myself before you. I give you my life. God, I ask that you forgive me of my sin. Take away the shame and the guilt that I live with on a daily basis. God, I bring to you my successes and my failures. God, and I receive your righteousness. Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for me. I thank you for coming, living a perfect life for me giving me this this chance, this free gift of salvation. God, I pray that you use my life for something that matters. Help me to live a significant life, all for your glory, all for your honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Come on, can we give it up for all these people that gave their hearts to God today?
1: If you just made that decision, let me be the first to say congratulations. The decision to follow Christ is just the beginning of your relationship with God, and we'd love to help you with your next few steps. If you'll text the word SAVED to 51660, we wanna send you a link to our website that'll explain a little more about the decision you just made and give you some steps to take so that you can grow in your new relationship with God. We're one church in multiple locations. We have a campus in Gulfport, Wiggins, and in Long Beach, Mississippi. If you're in one of those areas we'd love to see you at one of our live services. You can visit our website northwood.tv for service times and directions. If you'd like to give to this ministry you can do that online as well. Just go to northwood.tv give or you can text the amount you'd like to give to 228-215-3421. Again that's 228-215-3421. Standard data rates and text charges may apply. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next time.